0: Bappin is a CPA and attorney helping helping clients navigate complicated, complex financial and legal terrain, ensuring growth and compliance for their business. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Morning. Thank you. Appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more
1: about your work and why you do what you do. Well, it's kind of an an interesting statement. It's an all-in-one here. Um, I grew up in a family of small business owners, my passion and my career revolve working with and owning small businesses and working with small business owners. Sometimes people kind of ask like, what do you do for fun? I I work or sometimes not, but, um, kind of some weird, weird passions personally, you know, an Oklahoma boy that likes to go snow skiing. I'm a, I'm a snowboarder. Anytime I get a chance, I take the opportunity, but uh, have a, a German Shepherd named Jade that is my work-life balance person, if you will. So close the laptop when I need to. So those are kind of some fun bits, and uh, I know we'll dig into more about the others. Yeah, I appreciate
0: that. So growing up around entrepreneurs, no doubt, you saw some of the good stuff, but then you also saw some of the struggles.
1: I did. It's. Uh, kind of an an interesting and passionate story for a lot that are in this world with us. But from my perspective, um, the lifestyle, it's a choice. Oftentimes people, you know, they, they may not seek all the money in the world. They want a comfortable living. They want to be able to do for their community. They want to provide for their family. And when you're it, you know, if you're in the one man band, it's different. There's nobody to delegate to. And as you grow, uh, who do you work with? Who do you talk to? It's kind of lonely at the top because different people don't always understand those pressures. Mom and dad were great mentors and and dad's past, but mom's still with us. And, and, you know, from my perspective, one of the, the, most invigorated entrepreneurs who really should be in the retirement ages of her career but she still wants to serve her clients and loves every minute of it and i hope i can rise to the challenge to keep doing it as long as she does do you feel like you're going to be up to it you know i hope so i i I try to do all the right things in there and and i still love what i do so i think i got a shot got it i
0: have all the confidence in the world so it's not easy to run a successful tax and accounting practice. It's not easy to run a successful law practice.
1: Why? Why do those things simultaneously? The, the Cliff Notes version is: I'm sitting in an accounting class during my my master's education, and I kept asking the professor, "Why are we skipping sections of the book?" And he said, "Hey, it's not that we can't understand this or do this, but it's technically legal work." So we as CPAs would not be able to cross over and draft, if you will, the documents necessary to implement whatever's going on here. You know, I leave his office and I'm on the way back to my my apartment. I'm scratching my head going, this is dumb. Why would you go to two places to do this? <laughs> well, fast forward four or five years later, and I'm working in a firm who did exactly that. And they were great mentors to show you can be a one-stop shop for small business owner. You can have a lot of disciplines under one roof. And at the end of the day, my job's not different. I represent the small business and the small business owner. The topic may switch based on state law requirements or, or licensing requirements, but fundamentally, it's the same conversation, which I think makes it easy for a lot of our clients. So what does that mean? I I think most people understand what attorneys do.
0: I think people understand what accountants, what tax professionals do. So when you say you represent
1: businesses, what what does that mean? Right. Great question. Um, I'm going to take you through kind of the life cycle of a business. It usually resonates with most, but if if you're a budding entrepreneur, maybe you've got a side hustle or something like that, eventually you say, you know what, I may want to do this for a living and creating an entity, making sure you have a proper legal structure in place helping people go through the different conversations. If you have business partners or employees, um, dotting I's and crossing T's with respects to compliance issues, uh, insurances, payroll, all kinds of different stuff. You know, just that startup conversation can be overwhelming. I tease people all the time and, you know, get on TikTok, get on Google, whatever it is that, that you enjoy, go do that and tell me where that roadmap is for you. And it just doesn't exist. So we want to sit next to folks, sit at the board of directors table with them and help navigate that. Then I've got operations. I'm making some more money. I'm growing. Um, should I spend money on expansion or marketing campaign? Or do I have enough saved for taxes? Or how do I invest properly in the right equipment or vehicles for my business? All natural stuff people go through. And, and I think sometimes... Clients just don't know how to ask that or don't know who to ask the question of. They've got the wrong perception of who to talk to. We want to be that. We want to be that forward looking, again, board of directors style conversation for a small business. And I know that sounds weird, you know, a, a one person business having a board of directors. Yeah, it's you, as well as you're the janitor and the employee and the technician and all the things. So that's kind of the small journey. Uh, At the end of it, I really see it as goal setting. We We just talk to folks and try to align ourselves with what they're trying to achieve. Help them see it through a different lens. If I can give you three paths where you only know one, you've now got a couple of options and you choose what's best for you. Really hard for that
0: solo entrepreneur or small operator operation to be able to see around corners or to think about things that you know, because of your background and how you are looking at problems. And I imagine that a lot of people come into your office and have collected things. They have different things that they've done, if it's an agreement or if it's insurance policy, whatever, but it doesn't have that cohesive
1: flow to it that you're talking about. It's even gotten worse, kind of in this. I call it a DIY environment. You can go out and self select into, say, an insurance policy. But if you've got workers' comp, general's liability, and maybe uh, like a business owner's coverage for your content, do they coordinate? Are they appropriate for what you're trying to do? Do you have enough dollar value covered for? I don't know. I mean, real estate has spiked recently. That's kind of turned everybody's insurance policies upside down. What value do I need to be insuring for? And yeah, you're right. There's there's a lot of those where business owners have never been down the path before. I'm blessed to have lived it all my life with my folks, but we have hundreds and thousands of experiences with clients where we can sit down and say, yeah, we've been down this road before. I can guess that I don't know in 18 months one of the three following things might be relevant to you let's try to give you an example now it's better to know what's coming than to be completely blindsided all the time
0: that 100 is, is 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 true do people do they do they like that you have the cpa and the and the legal background is that sometimes confusing
1: is it what is what is a typical response Initially, I think it's a little bit intimidating because the question you asked in the beginning, like, so what do you do? It, it, it's overwhelming in the sense that we have a lot of debt. Uh, some clients hire me for one discipline or another, or maybe they have some experience with, with somebody that helped them legally form their business. So they need me to be the uh, financial CPA for their business. Uh, we can respect those different lanes. But I think at the end of the day, the complexity that can be under one roof, and, and we, we say it internally in the, in the form of a fable, we need to be able to distill our information to a fable, simple enough, anybody can understand it, but complex enough that it hits the mark for whatever the, the complexity of the situation may warrant. It's maybe not spot on to what I think you may have been asking there, but I think it, it represents the truth. Where we live with clients, and sometimes I've I've got to just flat tell folks, let me lead for a little while, which is a tough ask when it's a new relationship. But that's the business we built. It's on what we call advisory services that are forward looking for folks. I think when people know me, or if there's a referral base around, they start to get familiar with. Yeah, that's kind of the direction we want to go. We at least know we're going north. We know we don't want to go south. I may not have all the answers, but we're all heading in, in a general path together. And in reality, sometimes businesses uh, are with us for a season instead of a lifetime. And that's okay too. You know, we can step in, we can be very effective for your need at the time work together. But the ideal is we do this for a number of years so that we can execute those longer term plans. Cause those are the hard ones to hit. Yeah. I think that the idea of,
0: of the fable, is a really good one because we all remember the lessons that those golden books taught us when we were kids. And I think back to them actually kind of frequently, especially when you look at some of the crazy stuff going on in the world, like I thought we were taught this when we were little. And you're working to thread that needle of of your jargon as a CPA, your jargon as an attorney and your expertise in all those areas. And that's super important and a differentiator, but if you can't communicate and articulate how that's going to translate to a business owner who maybe doesn't have the technical knowledge and that's why they're in your office, then you're going to be ineffective.
1: Yeah. You're spot on. It's uh, it's like you've lived that journey before or something, but the, the essence of it is we need people at the table with us. It's got to be a two-way conversation. I can't just create a video and explain legalese to folks. That's not what they want either. It's more along the lines of, okay, how does my scenario fit into? Uh, one, of, one of my longest running clients, we tease all the time because he starts his conversation with, I know you're going to say no, but what I'm really asking is how do I do this? And then he tells <laughs> me what he's not supposed to be doing and we restructure it. But I, I think there's some, some power in telling the story that way because just because you see it in a specific way doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way to achieve the goal. Oftentimes there is administrative or logistical hurdles that we have to clear to be to be audit proof, or to make sure that we've got some version of the compliance checkbox hit, so that you know national, city, or local governments aren't knocking on your door. Sometimes it's just that simple, knowing what rule to apply at the right time, and other times it's it's like you said, you're trying to thread the needle in the snowstorm with wind, with you know rope this big with a needle that's tiny. Well, that's part of the journey. You got to distill that information down so that we can do the job. And again, that's what takes that, that two-party conversation.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I love the idea of the board of directors for for any size business, there's so much value in that. And I also imagine that a lot of your clients have professional advi- professional advisors that they have relationships with and they'd prefer that you work with them and you need to have a good relationship with them and to put them at ease that you're not trying to take away their legal or their tax or accounting business, whichever one you might not be doing. So there's a lot going on there. Um, so I, I see value in that. And people charge in different ways too now. You know, there's there's just so many different ways that professional services firms can charge. So how have you landed? How, 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 how has your firm, your organization decided
1: to 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 charge? My path follows that of kind of a model I would want because I'm a small business owner. I don't need a surprise invoice at the end of the month or at the end of the year. And I think that's one of the biggest fears with folks with legal Practice is the fear of the billable hour. Uh, there's all kinds of wonderful jokes that I'll spare everybody because it's it's kind of industry specific where all the attorneys or CPAs will laugh at this. But at the end of the day, we we try to go through a fixed fee model. Uh, we we try to define as much as we can up front. We do this through a two-meeting approach with our clients. Meeting one's about meeting the client, info gathering in between the two meetings. There's also a data dump because we've got to see all the information that comes to us. And then in our second meeting, we outline and try to give everybody a very clear scope of roughly the next 12 to 18 months. What does it look like for you? What are the costs involved? What is the monthly commitment? What are one-off costs, if any? And, And bring all of that into at least a timeline that can be executable. And then we try to convert it into a monthly fee just because everybody kind of has a a budget per month that they can look at and make a decision on. Not everybody's the same. And, And I know there's lots of wonderful firms out there that do it vastly different than I do, but defining and understanding what's in scope and what's out of scope is where I see people get lost the most. We get folks all the time that say, you know, I've got a great accountant. I don't think they do anything wrong, but they never call me for planning or give me advice. And we look at the engagement letter and like, all you hired them to do is a tax return. Or maybe sometimes these firms don't want to be on that forward-looking side. So finding that match and making sure you understand what you're getting and what you want is hard, especially in industries where you don't know how the, the service models work. So we encourage folks to reach out, have conversations, but most importantly, find a personality that fits. If you don't like it or you don't understand it, keep asking questions because that's what will get you the partnership that you need to make your business successful.
0: Keep asking questions, try to get clarification, be on the same page. Your expectations are what are probably going to make or break all your relationships. So the more clarity you can have up front, the better it's going to be up front and in the middle and, and
1: hopefully 30 years from now. Yeah. People in my mind make or break every deal. So when you find good folks, you lean in you find ways to work together. The hard thing in that is the way I will say it is a lot of people have a good relationship, but they're not willing to have the hard conversation because it's stressful or it you know, keeps you up at night or all the, all the negative work-life balance things we see in the news, but you've got to find a professional that you can know and trust and have the hard conversation. Even if you're mad, I'll happily take a client feedback that says, Hey, I think you missed the mark on this one. What can we do to avoid it in the future? Because it makes the relationship better for all involved. Cause I'm sure is heck going to do it to you when you ghost me or don't give me information by deadlines. So we expect it back in the other direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that sounds like it makes for a healthy relationship. How important is it for. I'm sure people say, you know what, Chris, I, I don't I don't even want to know this stuff. I just want to make sure it's taken care of. Does that is that
1: music to your ears or does that make this the hair on the back of your neck stand up? I would challenge a business owner to watch the news continuously for a month and then count how many business owners claim that as a defense and still face criminal prosecution. And I don't mean that to minimize somebody's time because some business owners need to be at the high level looking down at that bird's eye view and they can't get into the weeds. They do need to delegate that. But in my experience with small business owners, when they say that, there's a cost that is attached to that true delegation of I need out and I need you to own that whole process that they're not ready for. So you have to strike that balance and you cannot be the expert at everything. But there is an element where who runs the business? You do. And that's why I I use the analogy of the board of directors table. I need you at the table to make decisions because I can't, I am not authorized to make a decision on your behalf. Professionally, that would be malpractice in many instances. I can talk about the options. I can tell you what I think is best. But at the end of the day, it's client choice. And clients either need to do that themselves, or assemble a team around them that are authorized to do so on their behalf. Because I don't think any professional is just going to run with it and, and do all of the things as if they were a business owner. Why would they? They don't have equity in a business. My sarcastic line to folks is when they ask me to do things like that is, you can't afford me. And they'll be like, what do you mean? I'm like, You don't want to give up 99% equity in your business. Think Shark Tank for a few minutes. If you want me to do that, I need the majority share to be able to do that. And it, it real quickly gets them focused on the right thing so that we can kind of partner with that decision rather than delegate that decision. It's well said.
0: Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they
1: engage with you? There's a, there's a lot of different fun things. Um, I've got a, a LinkedIn page. You can find my name, Chris Papen, where we post a lot of just free legal and tax tips. I encourage small businesses and small business owners to follow us there. And then we are doing a quarterly just business 101 webinar. Uh, we've got one upcoming. You can go to pappincpa.com slash listener and find more information there. You'll find it in February very timely for kind of that future planning. And we, we go through a lot of the basics, but we also go deep enough that if you've been there before, it'll be a good refresher course.
0: Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, you can find Chris on LinkedIn and then go to papincpa.com. It's P-A-P-I-N-C-P-A.com slash listener and check out all the great resources and check out that upcoming quarterly webinar that Chris was just talking about. And if it resonated with you the way it resonated with me, um, keep digging a little deeper. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.